Hello and welcome to Tunes and Tumblr's Century Club by Atwood Magazine, your weekly shot of what's new in music. Be sure to give both Atwood and Tunes and Tumblr's a like, subscribe, and share wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Anthony, and I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little bit of pride today. That's right, it's Pride Month at Tunes and Tumblr's, our second of the pandemic. We've taken a big step up from last year, though. Instead of spending it in a shed in my mom's backyard, we returned to the TNT headquarters in sunny Sierra Madre, each of us sporting our finest rainbow thongs and feathered boas. Please enjoy that mental image responsibly. You're assuming I'm wearing underwear. <laughs> All right. We're also joined today by Korean-American songwriter Jen Rim, who is here to debut her very first single, Hanging On, which hits streaming platforms June 15th. It's one of the best tracks we've featured on the show so far, so be sure to stick around to the end of the show to check it out. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I started a mini pride parade of my own with my fellow bethonged co-hosts, and they are... Ryan, your music connoisseur. And Pedro, your mixologist. <laughs> Thank you for joining me, guys, and let me be the first to say you look absolutely ravishing today. Thank you. Our listeners certainly are missing <laughs> out on these outfits. <laughs> <laughs> what outfits? <laughs> Keep telling people I'm wearing things, it's a lie. <laughs> Don't listen to Pedro. It's very much real. It's, <laughs> we can talk more about wardrobe in a bit, but first let's swing by the news desk to see what happened in music this week. First, the annual Pride Parade may not be happening in LA this year, but that doesn't mean you can't celebrate. Last Friday, the music industry helped kick off the month by putting on the Can't Cancel Pride livestream relief benefit special. The event was hosted by Elvis Duran and Bebe Rexha and featured a variety of talent to break down what pride means to them letter by letter. That is power and purpose, respect in relationships, individuality and intersectionality, dance and defy, and equality and everybody. The Yeehaw Queen herself, Dolly Parton, started the event, which featured performances by Troy Savon, Regard, Tate McRae, Pink, Leslie Odom Jr., Kylie Minogue, Elton John, and Jojo Siwa. The hour-long stream also featured appearances from LGBTQ plus community members and advocates, including Karamo Brown and Tan France of Queer Eye, nice. Pete and Chasen Budijic, uh, Busy Phillips, Demi Lovato, MJ Rodriguez, Gus Kenworthy, Jennifer Hudson, Marshmello, Nina West, and Brandy Carlisle. I'm running out so of breath. So everyone here. was there. Everyone. everyone was there, and we missed it. And we missed it. Where was Tunes and Tumblr's invite? Huh. That's. I've been trying to get Mitch to get us invited to these things, but uh, Mitch, Mitch, come on, dropping the ball. Come on. Near the end of the event, Odom Jr. offered a solemn performance of "Rents Without You" in a special candlelight moment to remember the five-year anniversary of the Pulse nightclub massacre that killed 49 people and wounded 53 more. Ricky Martin lent a heartfelt intro stating not all 49 were members of the LGBTQ community. They were friends, lovers, families, all out celebrating their pride. The event will be available on demand throughout Pride Month until June 30th on the Roku channel, Reverie, iHeartRadio's YouTube, and Facebook. Can't Cancel Pride is also raising visibility and funds for members of the LGBTQ plus community through their organizations, including Glad, Sage, National Black Justin Coalition, The Trevor Project, Center Leak, 
and Outright Action International. There's a lot of things for me to remember this week. I know you have like lists. <laughs> You're just going to have to rewind to the beginning of the episode, listen to our ad again, and, <laughs> and get all of this stuff. So if you're still in quarantine or feel traumatized by big sweaty crowds after a year in quarantine, Pride is still on. Who wants to take over next? I'll go since mine's like Pride related as well. Virgin Radio uh, UK has started a Pride station uh, on the radio and they had listeners vote on their top Pride anthems. And the number one, at least in the UK, is Erasure's A Little Respect. Mm. Um, great song. I love that song. Um, the, uh, the, the station itself will broadcast until the end of September. And uh, the station hopes to reduce inequality by addressing issues like trans rights, gay adoption, living with HIV, and helping parents understand LGBTQ plus issues. Um, other artists that made the top 20 lists include obvious choices like Gaga, Madonna, Cher, Pet Shop Boys, Whitney, George Michael. Um, some artists who made, who just fell just short of the top 20 are Years and Years, Katy Perry and Dua Lipa, but they also got plenty of votes, votes from the listeners, so I'm sure they'll be played throughout you know, the next few months. So why don't you call in and tell us what your top Pride Anthem is? The lines are open. Mm. Years and Years, huh? Mm-hmm. That's a really cool pick. Yeah. Hmm, Ryan, what do you got for us? Uh, this one um, comes from uh, Jem Aswad at Variety. Snoop Dogg joins Def Jam as executive consultant. Legendary rapper Snoop Dogg has joined Def Jam Recordings as executive creative and strategic consultant, a new role that will allow him to strategically work across the label's executive team and artist roster. With uh, an immediate focus on A&R and creative development, Snoop is joining Def Jam as a senior strategic advisor. Based in L.A. and reporting to Universal Music Group Chairman and CEO Lucian Grange and Def Jam Interim Chairman CEO Jeffrey Harleston. Snoop is not just a top-shelf rapper, as many of us know, but also an extremely successful entrepreneur. He executive produced the Netflix show Coach Snoop, GGN, Double G News, and the <laughs> TNT game show Joker's Wild, not affiliated with Tunes and Tumblers, but the network TNT. Um, he garnered an Emmy nomination as executive producer for the VH1 hit show Martha and Snoop's Potluck Dinner Party. Love it. He's made multiple investments and endorsements spanning the lifestyle, food, and beverage, cannabis. Founded the Snoop Youth Football League, 2005. Yeah. I did not make the cut that year. In the announcement video, <laughs> there was an announcement video which you should check out. Snoop, uh, who also alludes to the fact that Def Jam and his former label Death Row were deadly rivals in the 1990s. He went on to say, now you may wonder why so late in my career would I want to work with Def Jam. Snoop uh, says as Def Jam artist Public Enemy's uh, classic Fight the Power plays in the background. Well, let me tell you, as a young rapper, Def Jam is a holy grail of hip hop. He says he'll also dig into the label's catalog to tell the life stories on these great artists, bring in new talent, and maybe a Snoop album you never know. I think we know because he just told us. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Uh, the one time I worked with Snoop Dogg, it was like, um, he was doing like a feature with, uh, the higher brothers, this Chinese, uh, rap group. Um, and it was supposed to be like a song for this Netflix series I'd never heard of. It was like, um, some sort of like, uh, Chinese crime drama with, uh, with martial arts and like Snoop hadn't seen like the trailer for it. And he, he watched it like with us and then he's like, that's really dope. That's dope. He turns to like his assistant. He's like, "Can you get me on this show?" <laughs> <laughs> Martial arts and hip hop uh, have been inextricably linked for for a long time. So, mm -hmm. it's interesting. 
we could talk about all of that on an, another episode. I think there, there's a lot to lot to get into. Yeah, let's get Snoop, and let's get Snoop over here. Thirty six chambers. Yeah, <laughs> we're putting that up there. Uh, season eight, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Opening season eight for Tunes and Tumblers. But now that this is out of the way, it's time to party. I know at least half of us at TNT identify as queer. Does that mean we're allowed to pull out the rainbow flag? Um, I don't know. Yeah, Can we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> my- I, I have a fan. I just forgot to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> In any case, we need to bump the beats. Ryan, do you have a song to kick us off? So we are listening to Big Frida's version of Judas, originally recorded by Lady Gaga from the Born This Way Reimagined album, which will be out later this month, I think on the 18th, on Interscope Records. Mm, I love it. Gaga has always been an icon in the LGBTQ plus community, and Born This Way is a classic, and to hear all of these talented queer voices put their spin on these songs makes it really feel like a celebration. Maybe the pandemic is almost over. I mean, I'm still going to wear my mask, but maybe we can finally go to Clifton's with our season three guests. That would be really dope. That would be super, super fun. Super dope. Hey, Luna Aura, Dent May, everyone, meet us at Clifton's. Get ready for the Facebook invite. It's coming. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were doing an evite. No. (laughs) We're going going even more useless than that. (laughs) Oh, man. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Pedro, do you have a celebratory shot for Big Frida's wild celebratory take on Judas? I certainly do. So, obviously, we're celebrating two very specific queens in this episode, Gaga herself, who originated the song, and Big Frida, who is the queen of New Orleans, as we know. Um, so I wanted this shot to be vibrant and colorful. I wanted it to be strong. Um, and it was inspired uh, sort of by the King Cake shot that is sort of known throughout uh, New Orleans for Mardi Gras. So the base of this is some Baileys that I've thrown some green dust into to make it, uh, <laughs> make it that green color. Um, and then on a layer on top of that is Galliano, which is bright, bright yellow. And then on top of that, a very fitting name for some gin, Empress Gin, um, which actually mm. comes in a blue color, but I added some lime to it so that it turns purple. Um, so we've got the colors green, gold, and purple layered in this shot, which totally representative of Mardi Gras, right? Hell yeah. And uh, the fool, you know, the jester, is a symbol of Mardi Gras. And there's a line in Judas called... Where she says, holy fool, I'm such a holy fool. So we're calling mm. the shot a holy fool. I love it. Oh my God, this is so cool. And Marty, like celebrating Mardi Gras late, like that's right in line with, uh, God, it's only like 10 days until we get to go to Harvell's and Hell celebrate yeah. Mardi Gras. Oh yeah. Four months late. We're coming. We're coming, Damien. All right, everyone. Cheers. 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 Also, yeah. I'm not going to take it like a shot. I'm going to sip it. Mm. This looks too good. Bad idea. Take it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, those are live reactions. Woo! Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Bounce, motherfuckers. <laughs> Drew, if we can go ahead and edit in like a fan thorp, that'd be great. If we can find a bounce version of when the saints go marching in, that'd be oh. good. Frida, do it. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. True, we need a rap horn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh fuck! Wow, yeah, that was. uh, Yeah, it's a strong. I think that might be the strongest one I've made. It's significantly stronger than all the other. uh, Yeah. Ooh shit! (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh my god, it's a Tuesday, folks. It's bold. It's in your face. It's it's Frida. 
<laughs> you know, it's so funny. I I actually was not aware of Big Frida until today. she guessed. I mean, not today. No, <laughs> <laughs> we were like, okay, we're gonna cover Big Frida, and I was like, who the fuck? <laughs> you mean your aunt Pedro? <laughs> <laughs> But no, I wasn't aware of her until she guested on uh, on Kesha's song um, "Raising Hell." I think that was that my tracks. Yeah, God, brilliant Wait, feature. Was this from on Kesha's last album? Yeah, High Road. It was one of those albums where it's like, yeah, it wasn't as as good as Rainbow, but I'm glad it exists. I'm glad she's doing well. I'm glad she's thriving. She really needed that. She needed a win. <laughs> she needed to hear it from you too. I think. <laughs> She has her own podcast now, Kesha and the Creepies. So, Kesha, we should do a team up. I'm I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> so, we're dealing with a cover today, and it's a really fun cover, and it sounds so different from the original. I'm wondering in your opinions, how does it stack up next to the Gaga classic? I think it's I think I love it. Um those like synth horns like it's like a it's got a very heavy beat to it. I don't know, it's very familiar but at the same time it, it sort of like hits a little harder mm. um I, I i think it's great yeah it adds the drama mm-hmm. to it the whole narrative yeah i think it really stands on its own i love it i so, thought it took it to a new height yeah somehow she like added more spectacle to it mm. yeah. and oh yeah doing that to a gaga song like how do you do that <laughs> somehow she did it like it's it's even bigger somehow re-recordings like this can oftentimes be construed as novelty songs uh it like what do you think it is about it that makes it stand apart from that because i don't know like we, we've done we've seen plenty of covers where it's like oh this is kind of a joke i'm thinking mainly of weezer's teal album like which is a completely different beast than this mm-hmm. i don't know I, I don't i don't always necessarily find the term novelty bad for one thing but the way it does set itself apart is like, yes, it is free to doing Gaga, but in in such a free to way. Like mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I think we've talked about that a lot. Anytime we've done like covers and stuff, or talked about covers, like it's one thing to cover a song; it's another thing to do it in a way that's very uniquely, uh, that's unique to that artist. Yeah. What What made you go the novelty direction? I was just thinking about what you need to do to make a cover stand on its own. You mean like not gimmicky? Not gimmicky. Not not novelty in the sense of it being new, but in the sense of it being like camp or in the yeah, sense of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, yeah, I realize that. I think novelty, well, novelty, yeah, I think novelty traditionally is like, it's sort of like <laughs> a little bit, not derogatory, but it's like a little bit of a, like you made a kind of a goofy thing that's not meant to be taken seriously. Like, yeah. Like, like the Monster like Mash. The, yeah, the Monster Mash or the 1955 recording of um, of dogs barking to Oh Susanna, which charted at number 20. Oh my God, what? I was reading that. Is that pop, a real thing? Oh yeah. Can we get that on the playlist? Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> well, now we have to. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was looking at the pop charts recently and I was like, that seems like the definition of a novelty. Basically yeah. anything on the Dr. Demento show. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess this is, it is sort of campy. I mean, that is kind of tied into to Big Frida's brand and sound, I guess, right? Even Gaga's um, too, though. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wasn't always that way with her. I feel like. Uh, yeah, I do get what you mean. Like, what does it take for this song to like? Oh, this is cool, and we're gonna play it for this month. Mm-hmm. And versus, like, 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 what like is, yeah, bef- instead of like, I can listen to that song anytime in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you mean. 
because there are those songs that are like big pride anthems but i'll listen to them at christmas time oh hell yeah and like, yeah like they, they don't just they don't just come out when when the floats come out mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think it's really hard it's really hard to find the line uh like there there are cover songs that are like the definitive version of that song i'm thinking of like uh soft cells tainted love or natalie and brulia's uh torn um that that were cover songs right. but it's like that's what you think of right when you think, think of nothing that song. compares to you the Sinead o'connor version yeah 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 also the um <laughs> the the late great kiss chris cornell's version of that is pretty great that's true mm-hmm. what's the side note what's the song that ace of bass does that's originally by tina turner is it all that she wants, or is it um don't turn around? I think it's don't. It might be don't turn around. I think that's right. But Ace of Base did it. Never knew it was Tina Turner until like a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, I re- I realized that recently too for the song "The Best." You know that one? Which one? The it's called "The Best" by it's by Tina Turner did a, a popular version, but it was originally done by um who did hit me with uh like Pat Benatar. Wait, is it or simply what? the best? Well, it's called the best. I simply the best might be the better than all oh. the rest. No, as we're talking Get about this, all I crossed. can think about is you're the best <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah, you just, you just, we just, you just completely took us off. We'll never get to it now. Yeah. Now we got mm. Joe Bean Esposito in our head. <laughs> oh man, but, but there was a question in there originally. Like, what is it right. that create? It, it's sort of intangible something. I'm not yeah. by any means expecting. Big Frida's version of Judas to supplant mm-hmm. the Gaga version, but they feel like they can exist as like their own entities. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, well, wouldn't it be funny though? And like, it's time will tell in twenty five years if people find Judas and are like, "This is a great. This is a banger." You guys heard this song? Wow, so different than have you guys Big heard Frida of Big stuff. Frida? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and someone's some like older, some older queen's gonna have to do some educating gonna be me in the comments on whatever yeah (laughs) it's gonna be hitting people with my cane that's gaga you swine and that's another song by her you swine in your container park uh retirement home uh (laughs) the cane swatting (laughs) on whatever version of twitter it it will be there in 20 years my god God. retirement homes are gonna be so lit we're gonna be bumping gaga we're gonna be playing wap like that's assuming any of us get that old. Oh, that is long true. shot. Long- <laughs> Let's not get so dark. We got we got to celebrate pride. <laughs> <laughs> DJs and uh, mixers, grab that little sample right there, Anthony. Going pride. <laughs> Drew, you really do have to add some like rap horns and drum samples to this playlist. Or that playlist, the uh, podcast. <laughs> God, that shot hits so fucking hard. <laughs> so Pride, Pride, Pride Month. We're now in our second pandemic Pride. And although things are opening up, it's not over yet. Let's talk a little bit about context. What feels different for you this year as opposed to last year? I feel like I'm definitely seeing more people out this year. Mm-hmm. A lot more. Whereas before, yeah, it was everyone was pretty much just at home. Political context is different too, I think, right? And there was a lot oh, yeah. more turmoil, and it was this yeah. pride last year was tied into a lot of. Yeah. I mean, it always is. I people, think. yeah, because people, of... people were out. They were just out protesting. We were all out right, protesting. Yeah. 
And this year, there seems to be a weird trend of like Zoomers complaining about um, jock straps and various. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the fucking, Wait, Gen, the fucking Gen Z that kids. Kind of interesting? I have not heard about this. What is this? Oh, they're yeah. all mad because of Pride. They're mad at Pride. I thought that they were like well, the queerest generation. No, well, no, no, they're no, no, no. they're they're part of like the commercial. They they like the like the commercial above board stuff that everybody sees version of Pride. Okay, as opposed to the real shit. So so they're like all about <laughs> they're, they're not about this fucking life. <laughs> so so they're all about like Walmart having their own like parade float. They love it. They love the colors, they love the clothes, they love everything, but as soon as they see people, you know, in jock straps, ass out, leather doing their thing in the streets, they don't like it. I think they and it's it's unclear if this is, I mean, I don't want to sound like a a boomer complaining about millennials, but I think what it, what what's interesting is that there is this there was this kind of reactionary response where they were saying, "Well, this isn't right." Like somebody in like you know i think it's like kink bdsm stuff in oh, the streets yeah. and they're expressing discomfort with that mm-hmm. and don't realize i don't they're just i think because they're fucking children <laughs> <laughs> and they have no concept of the history right or like what it took to get to a point in society like how much which seems like an overall theme um, in their generation right but <laughs> yeah having yeah. to having to speak on everything despite that's kind of not, a not lot realizing of that the middle part was a thing in the 90s. Yeah. And that's and that we've done it already. <laughs> uh but that's just a I mean that's a minor thing, but it is I thought it was interesting. I thought yeah, I, I thought think, I thought it was weird. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I, I read this thing about the Muppet show and I will tell you how this ties into what we're talking about. <laughs> Please but like, do. But people were getting mad that you like you have to or that Disney put like a uh, a disclaimer at the front of the Muppet show being like this is a show of its time. I mean like what what did they oh, have? Yeah. They had like Johnny Cash performing with like a a, a Confederate flag behind him, like that real? sort of thing. I think so. Mm. But like everyone was getting mad at it, and somebody broke it down. Like, listen, Zoomers exist where culture is all concurrent. They can stream anything at any mm-hmm. time. They get everything at once, and they have no sense of history. Like they just think that everything is present and everything like has its own category instead of being like no like things had to happen to lead here mm-hmm. and things happened because of this. So like <laughs> maybe they just see kink and, and like BDSM as like a, a thing that has nothing to do with pride or should have nothing to do with pride. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But again, they also have full access to the internet. Look something up. <laughs> <laughs> They've oh, yeah. lived with only the internet. <laughs> yeah. I still remember dot matrix printers. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for the sex early 90s printer. <laughs> All right, let's get back to Big Frida. Uh, if we could. Let's try. Please. So I was I was reading a lot about her history and she has worked and toured and been sampled by like such a wide variety of artists. We have Beyonce, Matt and Kim, Lil Wayne, the Postal Service, Kesha. Uh, what do you think it is about her that crosses genre, sexuality, gender, and even class boundaries? Just party. It's just party, unrestrained, just real, raw, fun, unapologetic party music. It's good just energy. undeniable energy. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. It's, <laughs> and it never really broke through either, like, to the mainstream. Yeah. Like, she's a big artist, but it never, I don't know if you'd ever hear anything on, like, She's a big artist, Power like if you're in the know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you know what's up. And once you go to one of those shows, like a bounce show, it's like you, there's no turning back. Like it's just such a fun. It, that's it's a, but going to the show is part of the indoctrination, I think. You're chasing like, that high. 
seeing it yeah like seeing it i saw her perform in new orleans and that was like Shit. you you can't quite i feel like appreciate it or grasp it till you see or i mean you can like it and appreciate it but until you see it performed with like a sweaty crowd mm-hmm. she also performed actually in isla vista oh wow Holy believe shit, it or no not when? In 2000, when we were there in 2012 Wait, we oh, were was, there. Yeah, I was, so, you were gone. So yeah. she, it was like summer. It was like right at 2012, and I think I forgot who organized it. It was kind of too cool for like Isla Vista. Like AS Program Board n- did not do it. It couldn't. I could not have been because it okay. was Big Frida and Lemonade. Wow. Really? Yeah, Lemonade performed. They opened and they had a stage on Pardal, right outside of Sam's. What the was this heck? part of the like Pardal festival? How did I not know about this? Yeah, I think so. Was, oh, was this like the they, they did like a pride festival on Pardal? It, no, like the, Pardal used to have a festival every year. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. And it was funny because the people at Sam's, it, for those who don't know, probably most people, Sam's to go is just one of these places where it was just basically people parting on tables constantly. Mm. Just frat two a.m. Frat, I was frat one, vibe. I was one of them. <laughs> Can't lie. And they were kind of like they kind of had to stop. <laughs> when the music started on the stage and they kind of were like uh <laughs> just <laughs> stare, staring and it was just they they kept turning on the music in between it was just a funny That's dynamic <laughs> but but yeah big frida was yeah i mean amazing that you really she's been in the game for a while and killing it you know i haven't seen big frida live yet but i'm supposed like supposed to at bottle rock later this year and i say supposed to because we don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic i mean uh, it'll probably happen and you'll just be too wasted to like even oh yeah <laughs> apparently they've sold like half the amount of tickets they usually do but it's like sold out you know yeah so i'm just looking forward to being at like a huge music festival with half the people and so <laughs> i'm excited uh, like Big Frida is performing the same day as Guns N' Roses and my friend Joe who I'm in school with he he plays in the band Pacific Radio same day and like <laughs> he was telling you know everyone in our class like yeah yeah I, I got I'm getting to perform at this big music festival with Guns N' Roses and like someone in the class just like wrote in the thread like oh dude Big Frida is playing the same day as you I hope you're not playing at the same time <laughs> <laughs> that's true that would suck <laughs> Nice. Yo. <laughs> there is uh, that reminds me of a story of another IV festival where a guy who had helped book the show was also playing. He was like the coordinator and he was performing and he had booked Schwazy. And I remember this. I, I, <laughs> I might have already told it on the pod, but I remember the story. But I, can I tell it? I guess I can. I'll think about it. Well, Changed I'll 10 years Changed ago. The names. Should I start over and not say Schwazy? Oh yeah, let's well, cut. Schwazy's fine. Well, you, know, you can talk Shwayze's about Schwazy. We can all talk about Schwazy. <laughs> we can someone, dunk on Schwazy all we want. Someone needs to be talking yeah, about okay. Schwazy. Well, I'll, I'll just tell it and then we can revise. But basically, so the guy who was an organi- the organizer was also performing and was texting with Schwazy, was actually with Schwazy, I think. Somehow he wasn't talking with management. So Schwazy's waiting to go on and his band is playing and his, he's getting all these texts while he's playing and in between songs he checks. And sh- and it's text from Swayze saying, "Yo, get this whack ass band off the stage. I wanna I wanna perform. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. God. I'm ready right now. Let's go. Let's do this." And he's like, "Oh yeah." And like this guy, he's classy guy. So he was like, "Oh yeah, they're wrapping up soon. Don't worry." <laughs> and then later, kind of told him, "Yeah, actually, I, sorry, I I go, I missed it. I was performing." <laughs> and he was just like, "Oh, damn." crazy <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, I I mean, it's pretty... So, sometimes you just need to be told <laughs> damn it's not great we that's went to funny. a crazy school on 
Hard the subject school. of yeah, Big Fredia being like sort of uh, appealing for you know sampling and all that stuff to everybody. I feel like she's one of many artists that that happens to, right? Like usually, like the Black community and like the LGBTQ plus community are like ahead of the curve artistically, musically, and people's like a lot of big stuff that comes out comes out from those communities. Mm. Um, usually way after it's been around like for a long long time like it's just the way it goes right so it's just i feel like she's just part of another long line of artists who have been doing dope shit and like some people recognize it yeah and it turns into something else how did the postal service incorporate big freedom that is my biggest question right oh now. I, I actually wrote this down hold on a sec yeah please please tell us about that uh, it, when the Postal Service had the reunion tour in 2013, Big Frida opened for them. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. That's a... Huh. Is there any information pair. about how the hell that came to be? I, it was, Is it there was, a reason you just said that sentence? It was, <laughs> a, it was one line on their Wikipedia page. and <laughs> Postal Service, I mean, the, the way that works usually is probably they were just a fan yeah. and pushed for it. And But yeah, it doesn't... It feels like a jarring... Yeah, like how do you how do you follow bounce music with such great heights? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, how did, yeah, how does like that crowd show up for the opening and the main lane, like the headliner? Yeah, that's hard. That's hard to follow. But it make it maybe it makes for a great. I mean, that sounds like a fun crowd. You know, it doesn't seem like a boring show. No, I'll give you that. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, this is only a century club, so we can't stick around for much longer. I think right. I want to conclude our conversation by asking y'all what does pride mean to you i guess for me anyway it means sort of uh accepting like you know yourself who you are and sort of uh maybe not even i mean loving yourself is sort of a constant everyday piece of work right like you have to kind of constantly work at doing that so maybe you're not there yet but at least you're working on it but at the very least accepting who you are and trying to live that as best you can and just sort of just being you and being uh, within yourself and going about every day that way. Whether that's like very outwardly shown and big and expressive or just, you know, you sort of keep it to yourself either way, as long as you're with you and happy, I think that's something to be proud of. Hmm. Yeah. It's more of uh it never really loomed large for me. So to me, it's a time for, you know, reflection, stepping back and listening, you know, trying to hear, hear what people are saying and to, to, to actually to not join the conversation, you know, yeah. <laughs> to, to learn and to listen to, to, to reflect on the history and how we got here. And so that's, that's what it means to me. That's a big one for me is recognizing the history. I think that a lot of times with the corporatization of pride that we forget that it started with a, uh, with with uh, trans women of color um, throwing bricks at police, mm-hmm. so why why can't we get back to that? Let's, <laughs> let's just do that again. <laughs> let's just keep doing that. Let's not allow police departments to have their own pride float. Like this is not for you. Sorry. Well, that's and everyone loves and it's it's kind of in in vogue and it's because it's fun to like make fun of corporations or whatever who just make their logo a rainbow flag like Raytheon or Captain Crunch or. Mm-hmm. Um, you know whatever and and lucky charms is out here like yo we've always done this day one <laughs> day we, one we've been new <laughs> sunny the cuckoo bird always oh. 
Always. Toucan Sam, born in the game. <laughs> Always at Oil Can Aries. Every, every weekend. Uh, rest in peace. That place oh. closed and I'm so sad. Yeah. Way to bring it down, Ryan. Uh, well, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you're right. It's a shame we didn't get to see Sonny the Cuckoo Bird at, at Oil Can Aries. Okay. That's the real tragedy. <laughs> that Wait, we didn't Oil get Can Aries. Drink with him. Oil Can Harry's is closed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Then why is it still? I, well, no, I think uh, someone bought them. Yeah, because I was about to be like, I was on Yelp the other day and it was up, and I'm like, I thought this place was closed. And I think th- I think someone bought them. Hopefully, they'll keep it the same. Yeah. Because I love that place. Yeah. They let's... they were not. Yeah. They. Yeah, Yelp cannot be trusted, and they, they also all, I, they also kept weird hours. Remember when we went to like the loft? Yeah. And they were like, "Oh, we're closing at like five. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What that the was, fuck is that, that about?" That was incredible. That was incredible. Well, and I remember the the whoever was working, who'd clearly been doing it a long time, was yeah. just like, "I was like, oh, you're closing at five? He goes, "Yeah, I want to go home." <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, <laughs> re- respect, yeah, <laughs> respect." Fun story before we go. Um, so my stepdad is a gay man who um ran a hair salon in Beverly Hills in the '60s, and uh, he like had a house up in Laurel Canyon when you could buy one for forty grand, and. <laughs> Uh, he was like having probably a, con- a lot, it was probably a lot more money back then. <laughs> yeah, this came up because he was like, "Oh, where in LA do you live?" I'm like, "I live in Laurel Canyon, but not like the good part of Laurel Canyon, I like live on Laurel Canyon Boulevard, <laughs> Bo- <laughs> not in the canyon." Yes, I live not on in the boulevard. I live way out in the valley, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't really go to the valley much, except to go to Oil Can Harry's." He's all gross. Yeah, Here's my number. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a, apparently like if if you were gay in the '60s, like you went to Oil Can Harry's if you went to the Valley. Dude, That's can, like where it was. Oil Can Harry's is popping. I fucking love that place. What about the Eagle in uh, Echo Park? Has that been, been around? Has that been around a while? Yeah, I'm sure it that has. Feels like, I feel there's like. eagles like everywhere. Like they're a yeah, like a staple in like every gay place. Every gay place you go, there's an eagle. Mm. <laughs> What I wanted to say about the corporate brands, this might. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I did want to say that it's a quick. It's a quick point. Is just it's it's easy to dunk on them and make fun of them for trying to co-opt it and like because they're just in, they're self-serving. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't always it wasn't always that way, and it takes a lot of work. It took takes a lot of work to get it that way because I think at the end of the day, and why it's so funny is because people are, I think, recognizing that corporations will do, are willing to do kind of whatever as long as it's they think it's safe enough and will. Like I don't know how how often the moral uh, component of it plays into it, or at least it's unclear, right. and that's that's part of the meme. It's part of the joke. Yeah. So, but it, it wasn't always that way, yeah. you know. At so the very it's least, a long, there's a demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in some ways, it's good, I guess, right? right? But we have a we're in a cynical. I think people are starting to. It's less effective, I think. Yeah. To, yeah. to younger people, at least for sure. Right. To say the least. <laughs> Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Young people learn yourself about kink and BDSM. <laughs> you don't have to be into it. Just deal with it. Yeah. It's out there. It, maybe it's not for you. To and stop complaining. Old, and that is fine. <laughs> it's to use the old slogan, right? It's here. It's get here. Used, it's queer. Get used, queer. To, it. Get get used, used to, it. to it. It isn't here. But it isn't always queer. It isn't always but it is, exactly. But it is here. It is here. <laughs> it's this not, is true. It's not going away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is such a Great place to leave things. <laughs> All right, we have a special guest, so I think it's time that we turned uh, the reins over to her. Are we? Uh, are we all feeling good? Yep. Let's do it. So thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. 
Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us out so much. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Fransblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. And before we go, like I said, we are beyond stoked to bring you Hanging On, the debut single by Los Angeles Korean-American songwriter Jen Rim. She's a former backing member of one of my favorite bands, Run River North, and she now steps into the limelight with a moody yet confident artistic statement all of her own. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please join me in welcoming Jen Rim to the pod. Cheers. Pride. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. I don't, I don't remember how you said it. Pride. Hey, Tunes and Tumblers. This is Jen Rim from Los Angeles, California. I'm so excited to release my first single, Hanging On, on June 15th and my debut EP album in September. There's been quite a lot that's happened, especially since the pandemic. Personally, it was an adjustment to figure out what it would look like as an artist to continue to create music and play live shows again. Hanging On was written during this time, and it's about how I choose to make of each day. Some days I felt like I was barely holding on the end of the rope, and others were a bit easier. When it felt mundane and hopeless, I would ask myself what it would look like if I try my best with where I am and what I am given. Thanks, Tunes and Tumblers, for featuring Hanging On, and I hope you guys enjoy. Thank you. It's not easy to figure out the time I've been fighting off this feeling Fumbling with words, cutting silence Trade it for a noise to feel alive On the other side Always on the run Going for too long I'm barely hanging on Waiting for too long Is it worth it? Enough to give myself the time to breathe Sinking into fear till I'm quiet But I'm choking from the lies I built inside On the other side Always on the someone to love it could only change from the day you start no more holding what's left when you look back now but you can't go far so carry on slowly letting